Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, beautiful, wonderful, intelligent, <laughs> Epcot forever loving wife, Michelle. Hi. Thank you, sweetie. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so good to have you with us. We're recording this episode. Spoiler. I, I know, right? <laughs> Maybe we've just tipped our hand a little bit. Uh, we're recording this episode on Sunday, October 6th, 2019, and uh, it's been another fun week in Disney. Absolutely. I mean, this is a great time of year, you know, being the fall, getting close to Halloween and all the fun excitement activities that surround Halloween at the Disney park. So very cool. And we have some really exciting things happening on today's mm-hmm. show. Yes, I'm very excited. We have actually some guests joining us and we'll get to that in just a moment. And we're excited about that. Uh, thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the best place to find us is Hyperion adventurespodcast.com and while you're there please sign up for our newsletter because beginning next week we have something very interesting going on that you are going to want to be a part of absolutely and you've done a lot of work with the with the page and the newsletter now and you all are going to love getting the information from the newsletter so we really encourage you to sign up right we've got some fun things coming up we want to get you our listeners much more involved in the show and part of that is going to happen through the newsletter so uh, if you have the time uh, please subscribe to it, but that's not the only place you can be in touch with our show. Uh, you can also connect with us on social media on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please email us at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And so just want to point out if you're new to us that Twitter, because it's shorter, is just Hyperion Podcast. Everything else has Hyperion Adventures Podcast. That is correct. Yes. Um, we tried to simplify it also because we, they wouldn't allow us to put fully at Hyperion Adventures right. Podcast on Twitter, <laughs> but that's my fault because I named this show with such a ridiculously long title. <laughs> Anyway, but it has meaning. It has meaning. That's right. And we have discussed that in the past and we will probably discuss that in the future, but we've got some things to get to today. So, uh, including that's lots of stuff for you today, including there's a new offer for a new year at the Walt Disney World Resort. Our favorite Disney cruise ship debuted its newest enhancements and your chance to live your Marvel dream is coming. But let's kick off the show with our newest segment, which is something that we've kind of broken out a couple weeks ago to kind of get more of our listeners involved week in and week out with the show, just like I was talking about with the newsletter. And that is the My Disney Hyperion Adventure segment. And we have a really exciting one for you this week. Right. Well, we are so excited this week to have our Disney Hyperion Adventurers actually be able to join us on today's episode. They're a lovely family that we've gotten to know over the last few months, especially through Instagram. They have Mm. some amazing stories that they share there. And we noted we did have several things in common with with them, like their love for Disney uh, and some other things. But right now, we really want to focus on them because they have had quite an amazing Disney week. That's for sure. They really have. Yeah. Yeah. So we are thrilled to have Camille and John Cotton here today and welcome to our show. Thank you so much. 
We're so excited to be on your show. It's so good to have you with us. Yeah. Uh, you guys have been great on Instagram. You've been, uh, you've actually been amazing fans of our show. You've given us reviews. You've said some great things about us. And we really appreciate that. But I just love, every, every time I open up Instagram, I see these great pictures of the, the two of you and your lovely daughter, Lorelai. They, they really brighten my day every single day I open Instagram. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Oh, and in honor of Lorelai, I am wearing my Haunted Mansion shirt earrings and I had my ears on but they kept falling off but I know she loves the ride uh, the vinyl the book so that's cool yes. <laughs> she loves it. so let's talk let's talk about this you just wrapping up as we speak right now your uh, trip to the Disneyland Resort uh, tell us all about it uh, really the pictures were fantastic oh thank you um well let's see this was our first time going to uh, Galaxy's Edge so that was pretty exciting Ooh, yeah. nice and then, of course, you know, just everything being Halloween themed and going to Oogie Boogie Bash. Um, yeah. Where do you want us to go from there? <laughs> I know. How did you like Oogie Boogie Bash? Because that's brand new this year. Yeah. We had actually been to the previous one in Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And it was fun to have it mixed up a little bit. I think probably for me, my favorite part was dressing up and taking pictures. You upped your game. I mean, we were looking at those pictures. We we're like, you know, we need to step it up. <laughs> I know. Because I know. We're falling way behind on their <laughs> outfits and costumes and Disney bounding and everything. Everything. It was great. <laughs> well, that's half the fun for us is the prep and the thinking about it and the planning. So it just kind of makes the magic last a little bit longer. Exactly. Yeah. A trip to Disney is, is all about the journey, even in advance of that. And, you know, how you get really pumped to go there by all your preparation. So we totally get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially for us living in Portland, we don't get to do this very often. So a lot of it is the prep for us. Right. But you are annual pass holders, correct? We are. We are. Yeah. <laughs> so that means you must get at least down a couple times a year, right? Yeah. Yep. At the very minimum, two times. And if we can squeeze in three or four. Nice. All right. <laughs> three or four. Love it. <laughs> nice. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge for the first time. What'd you think? Wow. Oh, we loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the way we were, too. Did you get to... I'm sure you must have done the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, right? Yep, we did uh, Smuggler's Run. We did Rider Swap on that, so that was nice. Oh, yeah. perfect. Then uh, we did a couple of uh, a couple of nights at Ogus Cantina. Ah, awesome. We love Ogus. Yeah, yeah. So much fun. It's such a, an immersive experience. Yeah, it, you really feel like you're there in Star Wars. It's, it's incredible, and I, I've said this many times. It's... Like when you get there, you, you get so caught up in it. Then when you walk out and you realize you're back in Disneyland, it almost it almost takes you by surprise every <laughs> single time. It's so weird, you know? Oh, absolutely. And it was great to see um, how much potential it has as well. Exactly. Great. Can't wait for a Rise of the Resistance once that finally opens up here in a few more months. So, right? Yeah. 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 So, so we got to know, were you helping out the Resistance or did you have a little bit more of the dark side going? I mean, I think we tend to help out the Resistance. Lorelai, we've been told by Kyle. Milo has a little bit more of the dark side. Oh, really? <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Yeah, she met him a while back. And uh, as a two-year-old, sometimes I think we'd agree with that. <laughs> right. I understand that for sure. Two-year-old. Definitely. Sweet. So any other highlights from the trip that you, you know, you'd like to share? Or is there anything else that uh, was really, really fun for you that maybe you haven't experienced before? Well, one of our friends is big in the seasonal food. And she made it her goal to try six out of the nine churros in the park. <laughs> And we also <laughs> tried some of them with her, so that was fun. Nice. Nice, yes. What, what was the, the best churro that you guys had? S'mores. S'mores was the consensus. Nice. nice. 
That's great. I love how the how they've upped the the, the churro game as well out there. Yeah. Every season, there's 18 more churros to try. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't believe how many there were. Right. So crazy. So Camille, along with this fantastic trip, you got some really great news to kick it off as well. You were trying out for the Disney Parks Moms Panel. And you've made it through the first round. You're on to the second round as a possibility. I am so excited. And the best part is I opened up that email right when we landed oh. in Anaheim. Oh, my gosh. You must have nearly squealed right in the plane seat. When you know, <laughs> yes. I know I would have. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. So congratulations on that. Have you made your video yet while you were out there or you're kind of trying to uh, push it all in at the last moment when you get back to uh, Portland today? Mommy, are you alive? Yeah, that was Lorelai. Hi. Hi, Lorelai. <laughs> um, well, I, my goal was to try to film my video in the parks, but, you know, I've got a little bit of a handful here, so that didn't quite work out. I totally understand. Yeah, I totally yeah. understand. Well, I've no doubt that you're going to do a great job with that video, and we we really have the best high hopes for you yeah. making it through to the third round, and then onward from there to yes, finally the Disney Parks Moms panel for sure. Because uh, we think oh, you're, thank you, we thank you so much. We think you're very deserving of being on that. And, oh yeah, uh, you're, we're, we're really excited for you, and we're oh, rooting you on for sure. You're too sweet. Thank it's, you. That's it's so true, and it, it's amazing. And and as I said, seeing what. I'll just kind of echo what Tom said, seeing your posts on for both of you on Instagram really shines through the type of people you are, the wonderful people you are. And um, we're big fans of yours. Aww. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. So one thing we, we haven't really touched on that yet. a lot because we listen to the show every, oh, go ahead. No, that, that's uh, appreciated. Thank you very much. We, we really love that. You've shown some tremendous amount of, of love for our show. We really appreciate that. You know, you guys have been great, but uh, you know, we love everything you guys do on Instagram and everything. I mean, I think we're, we're kind of raving over you guys, but uh, yeah. your posts, uh, you know, <laughs> by the way, John, how many albums do you own now? Do you actually know how many you have? I think I have somewhere in the 400, to 450 range. Wow. wow. I love it. I, I yeah. love your posts with all your all your different vinyl that you're, you're you're standing in front of the racks there and posting on Instagram. You guys should all check them out. Check them both out uh, on Instagram. Uh, Camille is Disney Bound and Down and John is Vinyl and Disney. You should check out their posts because they're great. They're not only do they show uh, pictures of themselves, but they have these great pictures like we were talking about a little bit earlier of their daughter Lorelai right. and some wonderful videos. Definitely check them out. But John, your your album collection, I used to collect vinyl a long time ago and unfortunately through a uh, bad relationship, some of those kind of went away and I'm really, I kick myself every day, especially when I see all the great stuff you have. Your collection's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, sure. Of course, you make us so envious. It's it's hard for us to resist also trying to get into that collection. Understandable. No, I completely understand. Anyway, so uh, along with all this, and I don't think we've really talked about this much yet so far in the in this discussion, but uh, Camille and John, their daughter Lorelai actually has uh, has Down syndrome, just like our son does. Right. And you know, this happens to be Down Syndrome Awareness Month. And that's part of the reason why we wanted to be sure and, and bring them both on today, because, you know, it's really important. I think we can you know, relate to one 
one another in, in many ways in regard to this. And so, you know, we want to know about mm-hmm. your experience going through the situation. And of course, you know, the trip to, to Disneyland, uh, your daughter is adorable. And I, I, I'm hoping that you had a wonderful trip with her to the Disneyland Resort. Oh, we did. We did. And I would say, oddly enough, when we first found out she had Down syndrome, we were pretty nervous. Mm-hmm. Sure. And honestly, one of the things we thought was like, are we going to be able to go places like Disneyland? And as we found out more, we realized there was just nothing to be afraid of. And it's really been our experience these last almost three years. Right. Very nice. You know, and Disney is a great place that offers a lot of, of assistance for people with special needs. We've talked about that on some of the other shows. And it's just great to have that kind of uh, an experience. But kids are kids, you know, and they enjoy the parks they enjoy the characters and you know i'm sure from what we see in your post from this week that's kind of what you experienced as well absolutely you know really we haven't needed any special accommodations for lorelei so far and our biggest challenges have been that she's a toddler and she has big emotions (laughs) and she gets really grumpy sometimes and we have to miss out on some things in the park so he's just a normal toddler right that's it that's what i I think most people don't understand or, or or you know don't know and that's why it's so great to have that we have this month like this uh, Down Syndrome Awareness Month for people like you to, to, you know, share your experiences with this and let them know, you know, hey, these are, they're just people just like anybody else, right. you know, they, they have some struggles, you know, but, uh, you know, all children with special needs are, are just like you and me in many regards. Right. And I would say there's a, a certain sense of pride in the park when we see another family that has a child or a family member with Down syndrome. Um, it almost feels like we're in a special club. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. exactly. And I know you guys are, are, are big proponents of this. You're out there, uh, you know, talking up about the Down syndrome awareness and, uh, uh, you know, I think that's another yeah. wonderful thing that you guys do. And we really, really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, that's just because of our experience after we found out she had Down syndrome and kind of that fear of not knowing what to expect. Right. We just want to help other people not have that experience and show them that this isn't scary at all. Right. I know that uh, Michelle, I know when she was going through some of your posts, we were kind of t- doing some uh, little snooping on you guys to find <laughs> out a little bit more information about you all. And so uh, she was looking at some of her posts and she was really getting emotionally touched by some of the things that you said in some of your Instagram posts, everything. Cause Michelle had went through all of this, uh, at Scott's early age, right. when, when, you know, when she found out that he had down syndrome and, and how you adjust to that situation. Yeah. I mean, I know that the real only difference is I, uh, you found out ahead of the, the birth where I found out afterwards. Um, but you know, the expression of what your emotional experiences were, were definitely similar to mine, you know, you have, you have to grieve the life expectations, lifestyle expectations that you had, you know, early on in your pregnancy, but it's instead replaced by another more joyous in some regards, uh, lifestyle that you now have with a special needs yeah, child. Absolutely. And that's our big takeaway is that life is so full of joy and full of happiness with this little girl and we're not missing out on anything. Right. And I liked how you put it, like you kind of in your own special club when you're out there and you're seeing other people I totally understand and relate to that. It's, it gives you a sense of community, even with people that you don't know, but it just has that warm feeling. Yeah, that's been one of the biggest surprises and also best things is how connected you feel to people immediately just because you love someone who has an extra chromosome and they do too. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, we just find find it very special. And like I said before, we just love seeing all your photos and videos. Lorelai is 
is just a, a beautiful, beautiful young little lady. And uh, by the way, her her costume closet has to be yes. just packed full <laughs> because she has so many cute little outfits. Well, we scored at Goodwill a couple of weeks ago. So nice. we're set. Nice. nice. Yeah, no, beautiful. And she's quite the dancer too. I mean, yeah. she's a, she is the great Disney princess for sure. Well, I think she would say her favorite part of Oogie Boogie was the descend dance party. Ah. She was getting down. Nice. And were you all kicking up your heels too? Oh, of course. We were dancing more than Lorelai at points. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> well, we've already taken up enough of your time. We know you've got a plane to catch to get back to Portland. Unfortunately, the Disney trip is over, but hopefully your plan you've already got in works a plan for another trip coming up soon. Oh, we're always working on one. Nice. All right. Nice. And this next one, I promise you, we are going to connect with you when we get out there. And of course, maybe we're, we're also we talking about that. Yeah. And we're talking about maybe we can uh, we can head a little north sometime and, and maybe uh, connect up there somewhere. Oh, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. We've actually loved that area of the country, too. So uh, it, it wouldn't be a, a an arm twist for us. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Camille, John, Lorelai, thank you so much for joining us for my Disney Hyperion adventure this week. Um, we really appreciate you guys. You're wonderful. Again, everybody, please follow them at Disney Bound and Down and at Vinyl and Disney on Instagram. They just post the most wonderful pictures and videos. And uh, we really appreciate you all you do. And Camille, best of luck round two. We are rooting for you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. So thanks again to Camille, John, and Lorelai Cotton. We really appreciate them joining us on the show, especially on their last day at Disneyland. The Disney Blues have got to be kicking in. So it's amazing they'd be willing to take the time to, to kind of join in with us. Right, you know, and just prior to getting ready to jump on an airplane. So they are really special people to take that time to do a, an interview with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the rest of you, for, for you listeners, we really want to hear your Disney stories of the week. So please reach out to us uh, through social media or through our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to feature you if uh, you're somebody who likes to come on and be interviewed we can certainly accommodate that if you just want to tell your story and we read it or like last week where we got a sound clip whatever works for you let us know about it so we can share your fun your Disney Hyperion adventure with everyone else yeah hit us up on social media hit us up on the email and of course the newsletter like we said before uh, different ways you can contact us but we do want to focus on one of you at least every week so and and it, we'll share more than just one probably a lot of weeks yeah so, cool uh let's move on now there was a brand new show that debuted at the walt disney world resort over this week and uh, many of you maybe really? were out there to witness it i don't know if you know anything about this michelle but uh, heard. yeah <laughs> i know many some of you are probably out there to witness it others uh, they live stream it on disney parks live so you may have got to watch it that way and that was epcot forever and i know that michelle has a lot to say about <laughs> this show even though i don't know if she's seen it or not but um <laughs> And we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about our feelings on this new show that's going to be around at Epcot for a certain amount of time. We don't know. It's kind of a, an in-between show, kind of a bridge show until they get to their uh, their next big uh, nighttime spectacular out there. But uh, Michelle, um, you had some really serious thoughts on this show, and I really want to hear what you 
uh, have to say about it. Well, thanks. Well, it was something that I was definitely looking forward to when I heard that they were going to be incorporating some of the old songs or the the no longer around songs from Epcot. Uh, so I was excited to see. It. I was thrilled that they did a uh, live streaming of it so that we could take a look at it, take a peek. Um, I know that we were kind of discussing ahead of time, should we or should we make it a little bit more uh, something that we see for the first time when we're at the right. park? Didn't want to spoil it ahead right. of time, yeah. But just thought, no, let's 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 look at it. And oh my God, you know, uh, having been to Epcot as a child and as a teenager, you know, so like going to the park with my family as a child and as, you know, as you're growing up as a teenager, you get to go with your friends. You don't have to have your parents around. And a lot of nostalgia there. And so hearing some of those songs that you don't hear anymore and just invoking that feeling of all those fun times uh, in the past, it was amazing. And yes, I shed tears. Yeah, I, I'm getting did. choked up now she thinking did. about it. It was beautiful. And right, is it the the ultimate show that you would say this should be? stay forever and no it, it really isn't but um as they even though it's called epcot forever right <laughs> uh, but you know as they described it it's a love story to epcot and the history of epcot in the future of epcot and i thought that that really captured the essence in that you had you know the story the songs from the past attractions that were there at the beginning you had things that are still going on now you know and then bringing in a whole new world you're, you're talking about world showcase really made sense you know having that feeling of we're moving on it's going to be a whole new world there's going to be a lot of exciting things happening and the fact that they're incorporating you know the epcot experience so people can start really getting an understanding of what those changes are going to result in and the excitement that's coming down the pike i thought it was amazing and i can't wait to see it in person yeah we were, she was on the internet that night <laughs> trying to figure out how we're going to work uh, some sort of dining plan a dessert party or something for to go see it uh, when we get out there for december um he, you know here's the deal with this show like michelle said she was just a wreck throughout it you know and usually i mean michelle can be emotional but i'm usually the emotional wreck of the two of us she was like in tears throughout this show and it you know for good reason like she said uh she grew i did not grow up around uh Epcot at that time and these songs and everything. I've since gotten, gotten an appreciation for them. We listen to a streaming music service that will drop in these songs every once in a while and I really appreciate them for what they are. And so they were they touched me as well, but Michelle mm -hmm. really and for good reason. Yeah. You know, they, there's a good reason why they really touched your heart. And as far as, you know, I know that the big controversy out there right now, well, there's many controversies about this <laughs> show as there are many controversies about everything in Disney right now on social media. Uh, but but, you know, the big controversy was it going to a whole new world at the end. And, you know, to me, it's like, OK, just remember, yes, World Showcase, but also the new areas are going to be World Celebration, World Discovery, World Nature. Right. Those are the it's all worlds, all whole new worlds. And yes, was it did seem a little bit out of place? Maybe felt a little bit, but I still thought it made sense in the regards. I enjoyed the show. I'm looking forward to seeing it live in person. And I know Michelle is going to be a wreck again when we finally get to see it. Uh, in absolutely. December. Absolutely. It's like, oh, what else can we cut out so, uh, so we can do it 
on multiple <laughs> multiple nights. <laughs> so we enjoyed it. Uh, we'd love to know what you thought out there. We've seen plenty of responses on social media. Believe me, it's been a crazy week on social media. And Diz Twitter has been insane this week. And there were a lot of inf- you know different interpretations of this show in particular. But uh, we, in general, I think we'll, we'll just say that we think it's a it's a nice uh, bridge in between mm-hmm. illuminations into harmonious when that comes around here sometime in in 2020 or is it 2021 yeah, I don't know. 2021 i believe yeah whenever it comes I'm back sure. whenever it actually <laughs> debuts uh we're excited to see it and we're excited to see it probably a couple times yeah you know and again if you have any uh fun history of being at epcot years ago you'll really enjoy you know, the nod that they gave in this show. Mm -hmm. Agreed on that. Now let's get to another thing that we did this week. And maybe you saw a couple pictures that we posted out on social media. And that was, we went to the musical version of Anastasia Anastasia that was in town here. Uh, It's the touring company here in San Diego at the San Diego Civic Theater. And we went to that on Thursday night. We are season ticket holders to the theater here. And we weren't sure what to think about this show, but uh, we went and we had a pretty darn good time watching it right i you know i i think because of things that we had seen um in terms of the promotional things that had gone out about it it, it kind of looked like it was going to be a miss and so i think uh personally my bar was set a little low on what to expect from this performance but actually it was really pretty nice i mean uh was it the top-notch performance and play we've ever seen no but it was definitely enjoyable it was entertaining and love the music love the music it really picked up in the second act um it, i thought i felt the first act meandered a little bit right. but it was still pretty good the second act really picked it up and uh, really enjoyed it uh if you ha- if you don't know anything about the musical version of anastasia it's kind of a, a combination of the original uh film which was done back in 1956 uh, starring Ingrid Bergman and uh, Yul Brenner, mm-hmm. one thing as well as the animated version which many of you may know a little bit better which came out under Fox Studios in 1997 it's actually a film that many people uh, confuse with being an actual Disney film but it is a 21st century or was it I think it was 20th Century Fox yeah, at the 20, time. Yeah. Now 21st Century Fox, now actually Disney. So now it technically is a Disney film, but it was kind of the two movies uh, put together. Michelle had never seen the animated version, so after we watched that, just uh, after we went and saw the play, just yesterday I called up the animated version. I was able to find it online right. for free, and we ended up watching it. And uh, What were your thoughts on the animated version of Anastasia? I actually really liked it. Um, and yes, it definitely had the look and feel of a Disney film and good with good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the animation was really good um, and the songs fit well. I like I said, I it just it just felt like a Disney movie uh, or Disney you know animated movie and I loved it. I thought it was really good. I actually um, wasn't sure like oh we're gonna watch it right after seeing the play you know within a, <laughs> within like forty eight hours or whatever. But no, I enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah, I thought you might want to be com- to compare it because I thought we might talk about it this week and I thought it was important because of the fact that uh, it is thought of as a Disney film for so long and now back is now the 20th Century Fox, 21st Century Fox. Now Fox, we'll just say Fox, is part of the Disney company. It is now a Disney film officially, even though it wasn't for so many years and so many 
times people confused it. Now, here's part of the reason why I did some studying on this, part of the reason why it was confused as a Disney film. One thing, this film was done by Don Bluth and Gary uh, Goldman, who were part of Disney for many, many years. As a matter of fact, Don Bluth went back to working on Sleeping Beauty for many things. He left mm. the company for a while, came back, and was there for quite a while in the 70s uh, until he kind of found that um, he didn't like the direction Disney animation was going at the time. And they were they had cut back their animators by a, a significant amount. Uh, you know, he was pitching some ideas and they didn't like them. So he ended up, you know, deciding, look, I, I, I don't like where this is going. I think Disney has kind of lost its heart in far as animation. And, you know, there's many people that will say that Disney was kind of steering away from animation uh, in the 80s and uh, definitely the early 90s at mm-hmm. some point. And so I, I think he kind of saw where that was going. So he, he ended up recruiting 11 other animators from Disney right. and they kind of went to go form their own animation company. Uh, and one of the first films they made was the, a movie he pitched for Disney, but they turned down, which ended up... It, it goes by a different title, but the title you know it as is called The Secret of Nim, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of another uh, mouse-based film, uh, kind of similar in many regards to The Rescuers. If right. you know The Rescuers, it was kind of along those lines, just a little bit different. Uh, he also went on to make other great films that you know actually were blowing Disney out of the water for a while there when Disney kind of lost its way animation-wise. Uh, an American Tale, mm-hmm. if you remember with the Mouse Fievel and him uh, you know, becoming an immigrant right. and coming to the country, uh, that was one. Um, uh, Land Before Time, a kind of a dinosaur movie was another big one for him. Uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven was a big hit. And then he kind of fell off for a while, but he came back with Anastasia. They did Anastasia mm-hmm. for Fox. And that, you know, it won a couple of Academy Awards, Best Song. It might have been Best Score, but I can't mm-hmm. recall what the other one was, but I know Best Song was one of them. And was a big hit. And many people, yes, confused it for uh, a Disney film. And like you said, Michelle, you look at it and it's, got the look right, of a Disney right. film. It you know it plays out like many Disney films. It plays out like many Disney musicals and how the, the music tracks along the show. Right. You can tell that, you know, what the, all those Disney animators and Don Bluth had at Disney and that they took those things that made a Disney film special and brought it to, to this new company. If you ever get a chance, if you haven't seen the the movie Waking Sleeping Beauty. Uh, it touches on on that incident of where Don did recruit some of the uh, animators away from Disney to to go to another company. You know, and there was there was a lot of things going on with the organization. Uh, it was right when they were doing um, Fox and the Hound. Yeah, kind of threw Fox and the Hound off because that happened right about that time when they right. were getting ready to release that. Right. So you know and. It was also kind of, there was the initial looking at using computers for animation and and how the animators were concerned and feeling that that might be affecting their livelihood. Um, but as we know today, that, that didn't happen. It just changed the art format or the media format. But um, so you could understand why that, that happened. Um, and I think it helped both companies mm-hmm. become stronger companies because, you know, obviously with the success that Don Bluth had with his his team uh, showed that they were really strong and they took great learnings or great foundation from Disney. But you also saw then that the Disney company had to face the fact that 
it had been steering its heart away from animation. And that was the basis that Walt brought into it. And, you know, even with Roy getting involved as well, uh, that they really revamped what animation was going to be again at Disney and, you know, creating better workspaces for them, for example. Mm -hmm. So it took them a while. And finally they, you know, again, watch waking sleeping beauty. It really is a wonderful documentary about the whole uh, Disney Renaissance in the uh, late nineties. Um, or excuse me, in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really is an interesting, interesting look at the company. And yes, you do get a glimpse of what happened here. Now, uh, part of this I also wanted to bring up is because I, and I knew this going into this film and, or excuse me, into this play and uh, rewatching this film, that for many years, there's been a push for uh, Disney to claim Anastasia as a Disney princess. And especially now that she's actually back under the Disney umbrella, there's been a push for this and uh, she does fit the bill as a Disney princess for a matter of fact a very strong right. uh, female Disney princess she would be great so I got thinking about it. I'm like okay yeah I could see that there'd be a good reason for her to be there I'm going to put this out as a poll though because I thought of some other people that are either have been with Disney for a while and are do not have Disney princess status or have been just recently brought under the Disney umbrella and could be Disney princesses. I'm, and I'm sure there are many names that I'm going to leave out here, but you know how Twitter polls go, there's, you know, put four on there. So I came up with four and I'm going to start with, of course, Anastasia Mm -hmm. as you know, possibly a Disney princess. Um, I'm going to put, of course, princess Leia Organa Mm -hmm. as possibly a Disney princess. Um, Another one that, you know, I just came to me, I'm like, why isn't she a Disney princess? How about Princess Ada from A Bug's Life? Oh, you know, yeah. She could be a Disney princess. Right. And then how about Shuri from uh, Black Panther? You know, Wakanda right. Forever. Yeah. Uh, she could be a Disney princess. So I'm interested to think to hear what you think would be. One, I think that they all could be right. Disney princesses tomorrow and I'd be thrilled about it. <laughs> but what do you, who do you think of those four is most deserved of being a Disney princess? Michelle, I'm going to ask you right now and put you on the spot. Of those four, who would you pick? <sighs> That's really hard because I think I would say Leia. <laughs> Only out of, again, um, maybe nostalgia. Um, but I think they could all do, uh, you know, definitely fit the bill. Um I think that's, I'll, I'll go with Leia just right now as the first one, but I might really would have rather taken the pull like three or four times. <laughs> right. I understand. Like I said, they all could deserve the, the status of being the newest Disney princess or just all becoming Disney princesses at once. Uh, but if I were to pick one, I would go with Princess Ada because I think she's been in the Disney fold for the longest oh, yeah. time and that right. she like deserves to be there ahead of some of the others. True. Um, but I would love to see all of them. And there's, I'm sure all of you out there have some others that we could name mm-hmm. to this list as well. I just limited it at four because that's what it happens on a Twitter poll. But I'm going to put that out there uh, once we publish this episode, once we get it out there and you can listen to it. And i uh, be interested to hear what your take is on who the next Disney princess should be if it could just be out of this four. Right. Very cool. What a great idea. So You're so smart. Yeah, not really, but... <laughs> I'm filling time on our our hodgepodge podcast today, our <laughs> Disney hodgepodge podcast. So, 
Uh, that's it for kind of our main stories, our main hodgepodge stories of the week. But uh, we always get to the other Disney stories of the week as well. And we have to start it off, unfortunately, with something that happened just last night that was a little bit of craziness out at the Walt Disney World Resort. And something that was actually a fear for many people with the brand new Disney Skyliner. And that is, unfortunately, it had a little bit of an accident last night. And uh, they ended up having to evacuate several people off of uh, all these different cars that were stuck in different areas. And uh, some of them were in there for upwards of two plus hours, uh, pushing nearly three hours in some of these cars. And, uh, you know, it was a sad scene. But, you know, um, what I'm going to say about this, because we keep things positive out here, is that, uh, you know, the Reedy Creek Fire Department and the first responders, as well as Disney themselves, did a fantastic job of getting these people off of these cars. No one, as far as we have got reports to this point right now, when we are recording this episode, no one got injured during this whole thing. And they actually compensated many of the people that were stuck on these cars for hours um, with some really good make good gifts. Now, does that, you know, help out the fact that they were stuck, you know, possibly very scared in these cars for a couple hours? No, but, uh, you know, at least Disney is doing something to try and make things right. Right. The other thing that it made me think about the fact that, um, first of all, anytime you have something with uh, mechanical issues that could occur, um, or the fact that they are mechanical issues can occur, I should say. And so the fact that nobody got injured just reinforces the fact that they did have safety measures. You, you know, it's impossible to have it be free 100% of any issues happening. But if you have a system in place that if something happens, it keeps people safe, that's the key, you know, and it's good to know that it's great to know that Disney still puts safety first, you know, and and I think that it shows in what happened there. And yes, you know, it's they compensated people and um, people were inconvenienced for sure. I think if you look at a lot of different theme parks, uh, you look at places that have um, lifts for skiing, things can happen. And, you know, sometimes it requires rescuing people from that. And so it's good to know that there is a system out there that it has safety steps in it to prevent injuries. Yeah, I saw a post from somebody today on Twitter, and I'm sorry that I I can't reference it to give credit to this person, but they said, look, I've been stuck on the subway uh, where it's been, you know, as much as like all the lights were off, I'm in a a subway tunnel, it's completely dark for hours on end, and I didn't get anything out of it. Right, yeah. and, And again, you know, I think the most disappointing, I think we all figured at some point this was going to happen that, you know, something was going to go wrong mechanically and, you know, people are going to have to be evacuated. And that's part of the, what you uh, get from this. Uh, I think the unfortunate thing is it happened so soon after it opened up because uh, that's going to, you know, it, you know, inflame some of the people on social media that are looking to, you know, jump on things like this mm-hmm. to begin with as it is. But I, I want to give total credit to the first responders and to Disney for doing the best they could to make sure that, you know, outside of the, you know, there was a, apparently a crash of cars in the Riviera um, terminal, essentially, uh, is what kind of caused this to happen. But the fact that they were able to, outside of some mental trauma from people that were stuck in these cars for hours, that they were able to keep people from being injured is, is a credit to, like I said, the first responders, the Reedy Creek right. Fire Department, and um, of course, Disney themselves. Uh, and it's it's good to know. And I will gladly still, I'm not scared. 
You know, I, right, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm still looking forward to going on this thing in December and if anything else. I think they're going to look at this and come up with new plans for how to make sure that this doesn't happen again in the future. Well, I tend to be a scaredy cat all the time, as you know. Um, and, you know, so I think that in any ride that you're on, something could go wrong. I mean, and I think um, a lot of us experience, whether it's at Disney or other theme parks, you might have had an attraction go down that you had to be evacuated from. I had to be evacuated with Scott out of um, Winnie the Pooh ride, you know, I mean, it happens, you know, and and sometimes when they have to be rebooting things and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I think that it's like you said, how things were handled immediately were impressive to see. I think the other part was um, what you were sharing with me before we got on air that, you know, they do have emergency kits in those cars, you know, in, in the event that somebody is stuck there for a while that can take care of, you know, whether it's water or other bodily functions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to be that person. I, I'm just remind me to use the restroom before we go on next time. Not that I expect anything to happen, but you know, if I'm going to be up there for a couple hours, I really not rather not have to, especially if we have somebody else who is not part of our family in there right, with us. You don't right. mind if I just, you know, relieve myself. Right yeah, now. yeah. But, but you know, things happen uh, again, you know, it's unfortunate and you know, Disney has now stopped service of it for the time being until they can investigate uh, what is what went wrong and how they can uh, make sure that that doesn't happen again in the future. And uh, hopefully they can rectify the situation quickly and get it back up and running. And uh, again, I want to give total credit to the first responders and everybody that helped make sure that everybody was safe on this attraction when it went down. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, moving on to more happier stories now. Uh, If you're planning a Walt Disney World trip early in 2020, there's a new offer that might interest you. Mm. This from DisneyWorld.com. Surprised your loved ones with a memorable getaway. Uh, (laughs) That's right from the... Uh, brochure. <laughs> uh, with the help of this merry offer, you can save up to 25% on rooms at select Disney resort hotels. Valid for stays most nights from January 1st through April 25th of 2020 when you book by January 1st, 2020. So if you're planning on like, you know, surprising somebody with a Walt Disney World trip for Christmas or whatever the case may be, you may want to jump on this offer. Sounds great. And like the tip from last week, if you already have something Mm -hmm. booked, go into your reservation and you know, nap, see if the dates that you're traveling are and the, and the location are included in this offer and you can change it online instantaneously. Right. So also an additional portion to this uh, deal is that if you will receive a $30 Disney gift card per person ages three and up uh, on the reservation when you upgrade to a package by adding a six day or longer theme park ticket to it. So uh, if you are, you know, if you if you're doing the whole room and ticket package, you can also get $30 per person. Is that a lot of money? No, but that's enough to maybe get a meal, maybe get a souvenir, whatever the case may be for everybody. Now, this deal goes like this for depending on where you're staying. It's a different level depending on which level of hotel 
hotel you're staying mm-hmm. at. So uh, for the select Disney Deluxe Villas, you'll save up to 25%, as well as for the uh, select Disney Deluxe Resorts. Uh, Disney Moderate Resorts, you can save up to 20%, and Value Resorts, you can save up to 15%. And you can go online to DisneyWorld.com and look these up. You can also call them. I don't have the reservation number here, but it's easy to find. Mm-hmm. And you can also go, like I said, go online and actually look which resorts give you the discount. And like Michelle said, uh, from her tip last week, if you already have one booked, uh, check and see if you can save money by doing this deal in its place. A lot of times that is the case. Yeah, so that's very cool. Very cool. We'll move on from uh, Walt Disney World Resort to Disney Cruise Line. And matter of fact, the Disney Wonder, our favorite Disney ship, was just in town the other day. We woke up to our local news and there we had a great shot of her right there in our own port. And yeah. We just love it when the Disney Wonder is in town. Uh, well, this straight from the Disney Parks blog and the Disney Cruise Line blog, by the way, which is an, if you're going planning on going on a Disney cruise mm-hmm. or just love uh, Disney Cruise in general, the Disney Cruise Line blog is a wonderful access to information. Uh, you know, former uh, Disney navigators, uh, you know, menus, right. all sorts of stuff. So you can kind of get some information to prepare for your trip. Anyway, uh, this week, the Disney Wonder set sail and delighted guests with a collection of brand new enhancements. Remember, it just went into dry dock mm-hmm. for a couple weeks, just a little bit ago. Well, it came out and is down in San Diego right now doing some uh, Baja and Mexico sailings. Uh, the centerpiece of the beautiful and exciting changes throughout the ship was the French Quarter Lounge. Nice. So they're trying to tie it in with uh, Tiana's Place, right. which is the newest, it opened just a couple of years ago, the newest restaurant uh, that they have, the newest dining room, I should say, mm-hmm. that they have. So this lounge, it's inspired by the Disney Day anime feature, of course, The Princess and the Frog. Uh, it says the Jazzy Lounge invites guests deeper into the story. Each evening at the French Quarter Lounge, guests can enjoy live music on the lounge's gazebo stage, sip a New Orleans-themed specialty drink, mm. and dance the night away. It's where, if you know the Disney ships, uh, especially the older ones, it's where the Promenade, Promenade Lounge mm-hmm. uh, once was. Now that has been turned into the French Quarter Lounge. It's great to see that. I mean, the Promenade Lounge, uh, I think, served a great purpose during the day, especially for trivia contests and things. But it really didn't have a theme that would draw people there. And so I think it's great to see them, you know, repurpose that into a theme that could really make it a new experience for the guests that are on there and just have a great time. Right. So where this location is, is if if you know the ship at all, Triton's, which is right there in the atrium. And then uh, as you go down the hall, if you're going to go to dinner, you would go to uh, Tiana's place. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, the other uh, den- and this is right in between there so it's a great way to lead in it kind of carries the theme right. into Tiana's place uh, and also took over there was the uh, Connect at Sea or whatever the internet uh, lounge right. was that's there that's no longer needed and hasn't been needed for a right. couple years now so they've also taken over that space as well which was right next to the Promenade Lounge uh, it says here in the in the uh, explanation of the the place the french quarter lounge is designed as a whimsical outdoor space in new orleans featuring decorative details like a storefront window with a wrought iron balcony above if you're a fan of the princess of the frog you'll notice that the hats in display were inspired by hats worn by your favorite disney characters in the film uh, throughout the lounge other ins- lounge other inspired details include a full-size streetcar on the St. Charles line, the same trolley line that Tiana rides in the film, authentic wooden bench seating creates a cozy place to sit, listen to music, and experience the ambiance. Uh, you can step aboard the step aboard the handsome streetcar with its picture 
perfect spot for your family memories. Uh, the bar is also a focal point of the lounge uh, with a New Orleans style wrought iron endorments and shutters. It also uh, displays elements inspired by Dr. Facilier, Ooh. of course, the, the villain yeah. in the Princess and a Frog. A mural on the wall is painted with Dr. Facilier's shadow and his business card from the film, which is another cool uh, photo spot. A door in the area is based on the entrance to Dr. Facilier's shop with signage and three flickering candles overhead. Uh, so it's really cool. They offer um, lots of specialty drinks, beer, wine, and of course, they do offer Cafe Olay nice. and Tiana's famous beignets Yay. that you can order right there on site. So it really looks great. Uh, if you, you can go on to, I saw these on the uh, uh, Disney Parks blog, as well as the, you can also go to the Disney Cruise Line blog, and they have pictures that we're taking of it, and it really looks like a wonderful, beautiful new space. Yeah, that's exciting. It's just, again, giving another fun experience that people going on the cruise can enjoy. And I, I was excited. I knew, you know, whenever they go into dry dock, there's some really fun things that come out of it. And there are things that are like, oh, I can't wait till we mm -hmm. go on again. So this is very cool. Um, looking forward to our opportunity to experience actually boarding it in New Orleans. So this is fabulous right news. yeah we're gonna be uh experience it just in march as a matter of fact i was just looking it up our, our cruise the other day we're actually coming up on final payment here and just a little bit a little mm. bit away so we're only about 140 days out right now a little more than 140 days out so that's exciting some other changes that came to the disney wonder is they've kind of revamped the cove cafe and they have some mm -hmm. pictures of that it looks beautiful it really looks like they've lightened it up a little bit and just looks like a really comfortable place to have sip a nice uh adult cup of coffee while right. you're there uh they also also updated the space, uh, the vibe space, which is uh, for teens ages 14 through 17 and kind of changed it up, lightened that up, um, you know, different cool mm -hmm. color palettes to right. it. So uh, that is interesting as well. So that's cool. Uh, moving on here to, well, it's not really park news, but it is Marvel news and it is at least in one place near a park. So we'll talk a little bit about this new chance that you have to live out your Marvel adventure at the void it sounds amazing right so this from marvel.com marvel studios and ilmx lab announced avengers damage control a virtual reality fan experience coming to select locations at the void starting on october 18th for a limited time tickets and tickets to this are available now you can go to the void.com and get them Cool. Well, I know that, you know, we've talked with Rob LeBerry about going to the void for the Star Wars experience, which still want to do that. Um, this is fun news that they're going to also incorporate a Marvel themed VR. Right. Yeah. It looks the description of it, which I'm about to read here, is incredible. And let me just get through that right away. Uh, fans will be enlisted by Shuri, maybe a Disney princess, uh, <laughs> who actually will be portrayed by the, the person who does it in the films, Letitia right. Wright, uh, to test her latest prototype design, emergency response suits, created with a pri pri proprietary blend <laughs> of Wakandan and Stark Industries technology. Uh, when sinister forces intervene, guests at Wakandan outreach centers will soon find themselves recruited into action, exploring iconic locations across the MCU. Fans will fight side by side with Avengers like Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, mm. Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, and the Wasp, Evangeline Lilly, and more. Uh, Avengers Damage Control pairs virtual reality with real-world sets and physical effects like heat and wind. The result is a uniquely immersive experience 
uh, a virtual world that guests can touch and feel, bringing their favorite Marvel characters to life in a way that's never been possible before. So that's really cool. cool. <laughs> I mean, I, I may have to just go to the void and you know get together with Rob, right? And right. We go and we'll do the Star Wars one, and then go do this one because this is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, I. Very much looking forward to it. Right. So uh, the unfortunate thing about this is it will not be at di- the void at Disney Springs. It's unfortunately not going to be there. I have a feeling that has something to do with the Marvel rights at Universal. Mm, I don't know right. for sure that that's the case, but I would have a feeling that that's the reason for it. However, uh, you can... Uh, take advantage of it at downtown Disney in Anaheim, California, if you'd like to do it there. There are other locations as well across the country and in Canada that you can do this as well. You can do it in Santa Monica, California, Atlanta, Georgia, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Las Vegas, Nevada, Plano, Texas, New York, New York, and in Canada at Edmonton, Alberta, Mississauga, Ontario, (laughs) I think that's right. Mississauga, Ontario, and Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Please, for our Canadian listeners, I apologize if I completely (laughs) got that wrong. But uh, uh, again, uh, go to thevoid.com if you want to book tickets for it. But it looks like a lot of fun, and I'm excited. I hope we get a chance to try it before it goes away. They haven't given a real date when it's going away right now, but Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully it'll be uh, successful enough that they keep it around for a while. Yeah, so... Cool. I'm, and it's it's fun that they're offering it other places outside of uh, Disney parks. Right. Absolutely true. And I'm excited for it. So uh, that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation, whether it be to the parks, whether it be the Disney Cruise Line, Run Disney, whatever the case may be, we'd like to give you a little bit of a helping hand. And the best with a helping hand is Michelle. One, because she's <laughs> wonderful, lovely, all thing good in the world, Aww, but also she so has sweet. the very, very best tip. So let's get right to it here without any further delay is Michelle's tip (laughs) of the week. You're so kind, sweetie. Truly, truly. Uh, So my tip actually is inspired by our conversation with our Hyperion adventurers this week, the Cotton family. Um, And as I said, right now, um, their daughter Lorelai is still pretty young and they haven't had the need to um, experience some of the special services that Disney can offer people who have some type of special need. And it it doesn't all have to relate to children with Down syndrome. Uh, Somebody, even an adult, might have issues related to hearing loss or blindness, autism, or whatever the case may be. And everybody has their own personal things that might make their experience better. And Disney wants to help with that. And so I know we've talked about this in the past, but the the tip this week is really just to go explore, go to guest services, um, talk to them, explain the situation and and see all that they can do to offer to help because they really want to make sure they are doing their very best to have an ability to offer you a magical experience no matter what limitations you have. And so that's my tip is really take advantage of the fact that you have some people there who really want to give you a hand. Yes, they, they definitely do. Uh, you should definitely always ask questions, try and find out how they can help you. We had a guest on early in our, in this, uh, this uh, podcast beginnings, uh, you know, that 
it was uh, visually impaired. Mm-hmm. He wasn't completely blind, but he was, uh, you know, considered legally legally blind. blind. Uh, and he wanted to go explore like the haunted mansion or whatever. And you know how dark it can be in the haunted mansion. Well, they would take someone with him who would shine a flashlight right. on things so he could actually see them in there. Of course, not when uh, many of the other guests were nearby. You right. Know? I think so, they space things. Right. So yeah. it wouldn't disrupt their uh, enjoyment of it. But uh, that was one way that they were willing to help him be able to enjoy the attractions just as much as anybody else. Right. And they do have some uh, hearing assistive devices for some Mm -hmm. attractions as well. So again, it's based on what your needs are, like our son, Scott, who has Down syndrome and autism, you know, sometimes with some of the attractions, the uh, cues can become very nerve wracking and hypersensitizing to him that they allow us an ability to enter through the exits on some of those attractions. So again, just explore, see what they can offer because they really do want to try to help make your experience magical. Exactly. As I always say, Michelle has the very <laughs> best tips. That is a great tip uh, for anybody. Who's, Aww, thank you. And that goes for even if you have a temporary disability, right. like you have somehow you, you've blown out your knee and you've had surgery exactly. or whatever, and you have a Disney trip, they will help you with some of those situations as well. And let's get to my tip. And I'm going to go back to Disney Cruise Line. Actually, it's funny. It's two weeks in a row where I'm talking Disney Cruise Line. Mm, you must on be my tips. geared I up guess mentally. So. And I especially got geared up after seeing a lot of this on the, the French Quarter Lounge. And one of the things I know noticed on there uh, that I thought I, I need to bring this out because I don't think a lot of people know about this is there's something on at uh, select lounges on Disney cruise lines that you if you are someone like us who likes an adult beverage and especially of the wine version of the adult <laughs> beverage uh, that they have a really cool deal that you might want to take advantage of if you're just going in there not necessarily for a bottle but maybe a glass of wine and it's called these uh, sommelier bin and this mm. is uh, this is going to be at the new French Quarter Lounge. I saw their menu. It is on there. Nice. It's also, I'm, I know, on the Wonder at the Cadillac Lounge. I believe it's on a couple of uh, the Meridian Lounge on the Dream and the Fantasy, which is the bar that's between uh, Remy and mm-hmm. Palo. Uh, but you go up there, and what it is is that it, it's, it, it's you ask for a glass of wine from the sommelier bin. It only costs you $10 for that nice. glass of wine, which is a pretty good price yes. for a glass of wine, okay? Uh, the thing is that you... They will op- they will pour you something. You ask for a red, a white, or a sparkling. Uh, they will pour you something from other bottles that they have open. So this is a way that if they've you know poured a glass of something uh, f- for somebody, they don't want to have these bottles go to waste. Right. So they will pour you something that they have you know open already. And a lot of times you're getting something that could be worth you know if you were to actually just purchase that glass off the menu, it could be eight nine dollars more than paying that ten dollar right. fee i mean it could be only a couple of dollars but it could be something really nice um so you the one thing they'll guarantee you is that you won't pay uh, they won't give you a wine that is uh, if you Cheaper. were to order the glass right. that'd be less expensive than ten dollars if that's the case then they will charge you only that price for that glass right. but it's an interesting way that you, if you if you don't mind gambling a little bit on what kind of wine you're going to get that you might be able to take advantage of a lower price and get a nicer level of wine while you're sitting at one of these right. lounges in the evening great tip I actually think your tips better <laughs> nah. yeah yeah very very cool but yeah um you know that is a great way that you can try something that you might say would be price prohibitive otherwise and get 
a really great experience, uh, especially like you mentioned with the sparkling wine. Sometimes uh, they price those pretty high in case they can't pour again for a while. They don't want it, the bottle to sit and things go flat. So mm. cool, cool. Yeah, you can get a really nice glass of wine uh, for $10, which, you know, is a pretty good price. When you think of, you know, going to a Disney resort, if you're, you know, if you're used to buying wine, purchasing wine at a Disney resort or on the Disney Cruise Line, $10 is a pretty mm -hmm. nice price for right. a glass of wine. And, uh, you know, the fact that you could get a glass of wine that could be upwards of, you know, $18, $19 right. per pour if you normally get it, um, that's a really great benefit. So please uh, take advantage of that if you're going to be visiting any of these lounges on the on any of the Disney cruise ships in the near future. Cool. And that lounge that's between Remy and Palo, it actually kind of looks like it's only for people going to one of those restaurants, but that's not the mm -hmm. case. Anybody can go to go to that lounge. So if you're on um, the Dream or the Fantasy feel free to go up there and, and explore that lounge. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a, it's a great lounge right in between the two. I have some great cocktails as well as uh, some a wonderful wine list. And it's also the place that they normally kick off their Art of the Theme tour if right. you're going to kind of explore the ship and find out about how it's laid out. It, it, a lot of times we'll start there and, they, and they'll kind of explain some things about that bar as well as um, some of the ways to both Palo and Remy as you go and move on to explore the ship. So right. very cool spot. So that's it for this week's episode. Next week, well, just like last week, I can't tip it off because we're working on something that we think is going to be really, really cool. But uh, although we've had some confirmations yet, we don't know for sure when we are doing this. So we have to kind of uh, wait and see, but we will have a fun episode for you no matter what comes next week. Right. We have a, a guest speaker lined up. We're just trying to confirm a schedule time that will work for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, you will love this guest speaker so as much as we do and we're looking forward to that. But in the meantime, in we, the meantime. we will make sure next week's show is fun. Yes, we will have another great time no matter what, whether we have this guest on this week or if it's the next week or whatever, we will still have fun with all of you, our Hyperion Adventures. And we also have a lot of fun on social media with you, Hyperion Adventures. And uh, if you are not following us, please do on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And you can always, of course, email us at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, we'd love to have you give us a review, a rating. Um, that really helps everybody. And also tell a friend. Right. Please tell a friend. That's the easiest way for people to find out about this show. But if you have the time, especially on, I mean, it could be on any of the places where you listen to this podcast, but especially on Apple Podcasts, uh, putting out uh, reviews and especially five-star reviews helps any show that you love kind of come up in searches that, you know, like if you like this show, you might also like this other show. Uh, the more reviews, the more five-star ratings they get, the more likely they are to pop up. So if there's, if it's, whether it's our show or another podcast that you love, any, if you were to uh, take the time to do that, believe me, it's really appreciated and will help other people discover that show. Right. And for those who have already given us reviews and ratings, thank you. Yes. And we for those of us who have already given us reviews, we have something coming up for you that's going to be part of our thing that we're going to be debuting next week just to let you know. So uh, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. But until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.